Welcome to Midweek Motivation on Wove Inspiration, the extra push you need to keep moving forward. Well, good afternoon, you guys. This is Wove Inspiration's Midweek Motivation. I am your host, Althea Richardson. And today, my special guest, I am so excited to have her on my show because this being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, this is an on-time message, and I am excited to have Miss Sarah. Oh, it's a tough one, Sarah Gallardo. Gallardo, okay, Gallardo. I can edit that. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Don't worry, it's been said a bunch of different ways. Okay, so uh, Sarah Gallardo is the founder and executive director of Sarah Speaks Up which is a nonprofit organization that promotes domestic violence awareness. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, So I live in Connecticut. Um, I grew up here and um, I'm raising my daughter who is now 12. Um, I am a single mom. Uh, And it's a little bit different. Um, It all connects to my own story of having been a domestic violence survivor myself. Um, I was with her biological father for um, a total of 10 years, not married the whole time. Um, But I experienced sort of the gambit of severity of abuse. So, um, you know, mental, emotional, verbal, uh, financial, spiritual, reproductive abuse, which is something that not many people are aware of. Hmm, Um, yeah. And so, um, over that time, I experienced so much emotionally. And by the time I got free of unhealthy, dysfunctional, toxic relationship, um, it took a while for me to recover, but once I did, I I saw my experience as kind of like field research, and I I couldn't leave this knowledge just by the wayside and and do nothing with it. I I had this need to help others who were still stuck and struggling. That's pretty cool. And and one I was gonna ask you. Can you go into more detail? Because that, that's actually a new term that I've never heard as well. You said reproductive abuse. Is that? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's more common than people realize. Um, and I don't think it's talked about very often at all. Um, so it can manifest itself in two ways. For some people, for some relationships, uh, reproductive abuse can be one partner withholding uh, the the act of having a child, so trying to keep their partner from becoming pregnant or not having intercourse because they're trying to avoid it. Um, and so that becomes sort of leverage in and a tool of manipulation in the relationship oh well if you want this you have to do this give me this etc etc um 
in my relationship, it uh, manifested itself in the other way, which is that I was forced to become pregnant, even though I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once that happened, the abuse became more severe than what it typically had been, Uh, obviously, especially the physical abuse. And that that led me to have two miscarriages before I got pregnant a third time and was finally able to give birth to a healthy baby girl. Okay. And, you know, what, what's interesting, I, I just came across an article today, as a matter of fact, where there was a, uh, or there, yeah, there was a, a pregnant Arizona mom who mm-hmm. was afraid to leave her husband. Her husband, mm-hmm. of course, still killed her and then killed herself. Uh, he killed himself, which is, uh, that, that's the part that's really been baffling to me when an individual has that so much control over that, that person. And then they feel like, I guess, because they don't have control over that person or they're feeling threatened that that person is going to leave. They're not only going to get them involved in killing the mom, but they're also going to kill themselves at the same time, I guess, because of guilt. I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't know about guilt Uh, with narcissists and abusers. Mm -hmm. It's tricky to understand their capacity for feeling an emotion like guilt because I think on some level they would have to take ownership of their actions. And I don't know that they're all really capable of that. I think some are, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think uh, another reason for the, um, the murder suicide, of course, the suicide piece of it is, is a bit of cowardice. That, yeah. that they don't want to face the consequences of their actions. They're afraid to go to jail. They're afraid of what's going to happen there. They don't know what is, you know, their life is going to be like moving forward. And I have, to, it's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Sure. Because I have to assume that someone who is a, obsessed with another human and they need, they, they feel the need to control this person and all the aspects of their life they have essentially removed that person from their own life, this person who they need so much. So this act of rage and control and anger, it's really a double-edged sword in that way. Yeah. And it's interesting that you brought up the fact that there is, and a lot of times it it is a, a narcissistic personality that's involved in that they don't want to um, be, I guess, somewhat upstaged. <laughs> so to mm. say, always want to have control of yeah. everyone and everything. And at the same time, their persona in front of people is like, oh, he's a nice guy. And I, mm-hmm. I can't see him doing that. And that's the, the, the problem that um, a lot of people um, don't understand is that, you know, he appears to be one way, but if this Mm -hmm. woman is telling you what's going on behind the scenes, you better believe him. Please believe her. Please. Right. 
So right. your um, 10 years, um, what were the signs initially for, for you when you guys um, met that um, started maybe saying, mm, maybe something going on here? What were some of the signs that you saw? Uh, oh, God. Well, right away, I, what I was wearing was okay. an issue and that, you know, he wanted me to wear baggier clothes so that it wasn't, you know, nobody could see my figure or, or that kind of thing. Um, controlling where I went, who I spoke with, uh, my cell phone, uh, looking through it when I didn't give him permission to. Um, and it, these, if taken one at a time, if you say, okay, well, he just doesn't like me to wear tight clothes. He's very conservative or what, what have you. Um, that could be excused, overlooked. You cannot really notice. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why people become engrossed and stuck in these relationships is because nobody, you know, goes on a first date and just you don't experience this barrage of dysfunction and anger and control. They, they happen one at a time. Right. And they happen, they happen so slyly that <laughs> somebody who wants to believe so much in the goodness of another person, mm-hmm. you can quite convince, convince yourself of anything at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I, I actually did get a chance to see your short film, and it's entitled From Trauma to Triumph, and it actually shows, or you're actually showing your, or talking about your uh, story um, and how that you uh, came to the um, Prudence Crandall Center. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Okay. So, but one of the things that you said is like when we're talking about the the slow process of it is like uh, putting a frog in a warm um, pan and then turning the heat up gradually. And that's essentially, yeah. that's exactly the way that it is. They come in and it's like, it's real subtle and mm-hmm. it's really hard to... It, and then I'm going to just speak from, from my experience. Um, you see little things, but you are like, uh, maybe that's not what I'm seeing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that doesn't seem right, but you know, uh, I'm just going to overlook it or he's not doing it again. Or we just kind of put ourselves in a denial type state and yeah don't want to believe that this person can be doing what he's doing because mm-hmm. their initial, um, their initial uh, contact was that they were so nice and they Prince charming and they did this and that, and they treat you like a queen and blah, blah, blah. But it always takes one circumstance, one situation to bring out the real person. Right. Right. And, and unfortunately, and most Often, by that time, the victim in that scenario is so embroiled in the relationship that removing themselves becomes this just this 
time of their life, they become emotionally broken down and they become isolated from friends and family. They have to rebuild. Some people lose their jobs. Some yeah. people stop going to school and, and they isolate because what they're trying to do is, is mitigate and sort of do, do damage control. So, mm-hmm. oh, my professor doesn't know that my, my significant other is this controlling. I would be so embarrassed if my best friend knew that this is what they really said. And, and that's when you sort of, you tighten your circle. And, and that's another piece of this, which is the isolation makes it so much easier mm-hmm. for the abuser to do what they do. And this is a vicious cycle that just continues. Yeah. Now, did any of your your family or friends notice anything that was going on? They did. They did. Um, And unfortunately, by the time they realized what was actually happening, just Mm -hmm. the, the full scope of what was actually happening, I was a different person by that time. They weren't swooping in to, you know, to retrieve the same Sarah that they knew when I first began that relationship. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was difficult because they, it was confusing for them too. And, you know, that's, that's another thing that I can say as someone who has survived domestic violence Mm -hmm. and also who, who I'm someone who's now on the other side helping other people. I can understand the frustration that friends, family members, coworkers mm-hmm. feel when they, they see this, you know, this person they love so much, they're being blatantly disrespected, hurt. And they're just, it seems like, how could they allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. What, what those people and what I urge those people to do is educate themselves, read about narcissism, read about abuse, Go to, you know, a support group or call someone who knows more about this. It's so much more difficult than I think people realize. Yeah, yeah. And because the question that comes up in a lot of people's <laughs> minds that are out on, on the outside looking yeah. in is why is she staying in that relationship? Why does she right. not leave? Right, right. Not that simple for a lot of women. It could be something to do with financial. It could be mm-hmm. because of the kids. It, it's a lot of, uh, it could be fear. Um, just mm-hmm. the, the article that I was just talking about, about the, the, the lady that was killed by her husband and mm-hmm. she feared for her life, but she yes. continued to abuse her. And so it's mm-hmm. not a cut and dry thing for for women that are in or even men that are in domestic violence situations for them to say mm-hmm. no i know that he's beaten me but i i i, I and i want to go but i can't i can't go it's not that simple for people and that's what uh that's where the education comes into play where people who if you could just support that that individual just be there for them yes even when yes. they make their decision to stay in that relationship, because from what I understand, it takes about nine times before they, the victim decides enough is enough. Nine yeah, it, times. It, it used to be seven. I know it's 
bumped up now. The average has bumped up to nine times. Yeah, it's so it it really does take several attempts Mm -hmm. for any individual. I, I almost never, almost never hear the person left one and done. I almost never hear that because this, the cycle is so pervasive that it, it's just not that cut and dry. Yeah. But you did bring up a point that I want to circle back to, and that was um, gender. Yes. I think typically, and, and m- well, most typically, it has been discussed um, gender specific that, you know, he is the abuser, she is the victim. And I do have to say that I have worked with men who I've, you know, advised and helped through their situation as well. So I just Mm want to say this, you know, statistically speaking, women are more often violently abused by men. That is a fact. And again, another fact is that fatalities are the number of female fatalities is so much larger. It's so, so much greater than male fatalities. But I don't like to speak in absolutes in terms of, I don't want anyone hearing this to feel that they are not included and that they are not heard or understood because, you know, with toxic masculinity being an issue and men feeling like they like they can't say anything. So they're experiencing all these same emotions, yet they've got pressure from society that they're supposed to be macho. They're supposed to be able to handle, you know, X, Y, and Z. And those are, that's just unfair pressure to add to an already difficult situation. Yeah, I totally agree on, about that as well. So um, I'm going to kind of change it up just a little bit because one of my um, main things is individual women in particular who, mm-hmm. okay, they've come in, they came out of the domestic violence situation. They are in a safe place. What are the next steps for that, that woman um, as far as, um, seeking counseling and, and basically trying to get herself back on track? Sure. Sure. Great question. Um, I, you know, it depends where the safe place is. I think okay. if, if the person is in a domestic violence shelter an emergency emergency shelter, most often the staff there has requirements of them. Um, and oftentimes that means that they have to attend some kind of support group meetings or one-on-one counseling. Um, I want to shout this from the hilltops every day, all day. I, so I, I can't stress this enough. Group therapy for domestic violence victims and or survivors is, is Oh, the experience is irreplaceable and I can speak for myself, but I know that others have agreed being in a room full of people who understand exactly what you're going through, who don't judge you, who it's this camaraderie. It's this fellowship of human understanding. And, you know, you can throw around ideas like where do you go for uh food uh, food banks or how do you get clothes for your children where do you get gifts donated during the holidays 
people have these resources. They also support each other. Um, I've seen people continue to be friends throughout the rest of their lives. And just having a place where for whatever amount, hour, hour and a half a week, (laughs) you go and you don't feel judged or crazy. It's sometimes that's just the centering piece that people need. Um, I also, I really recommend self-care and that's, that can depend on the individual if it's faith-based. So if you're going to a church, if you're doing some kind of meditation, um, are you exercising, getting those endorphins going? That's so tough. If you're experiencing depression, Mm -hmm. I get that. It's kind of, a catch 22, you know, you don't have the energy to go to the gym, but once you go, you feel better. Um, go for walks, read a book, use something self-help grow yourself. Mm-hmm. I think so often victims and survivors of domestic violence, they become programmed to think about their abusers needs. What do they need? How do I walk on these eggshells to make sure that the day goes smoothly and we don't have you know, any turmoil, they forget themselves, they lose themselves. And gaining that back in however that looks is so important. Because if you ever encounter someone who displays the same personality trait that, you know, of an abuser, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to pinpoint them where you weren't before. Now you're going to be like, Oh, yeah, not talking to you, that's a red flag for sure, mm-hmm. you know, and that's self-protection, that's education. And again, if you've got kids who are watching you make these decisions and be in these relationships, they're learning the same behaviors, exactly. they're learning the same patterns and getting help and taking care of yourself is, is the way to stop that cycle. Yes, absolutely. So Sarah, tell me about Sarah Speaks Up. Sure. Um, I started the organization, like I said, just really um, out of this need to help people, out of just, you know, it's almost like, you know, no one left behind kind of a feeling. And um, I, I began giving speeches about my experience and every speech that I went to begat another speech and people would come up to me afterwards and say, I needed to hear that. Tell me their experience. You know, my daughter's going through this. How can I help her? Um, and that spoke volumes to me. Mm-hmm. It told me people need this. This is a need. And I was kind of just on this precipice where it was like, will I meet this need or will I just move on with my life? Mm-hmm. And I decided that, yes, I am going to meet the need. Um, and that's why I started the organization. Sarah speaks up. Um, you know, the main goal is domestic violence awareness. Yes. And, and that's so, so very important. Um, and I've also uh, written a book and I have created some programs um, so one of the programs is called the Veterans for Victims program, okay. and that's where we pair a domestic violence victim with a military veteran, and they escort them to and from court, and they stay with them while they testify against their abuser. Wow. Um, that that's we've awesome. done pilots of. Yes, 
it's that's my real that's my baby of a program i love it i'm i'm i love the win-win aspect of it because veterans have ptsd yes found victims have ptsd we've found these two demographics of people in our society who have this commonality yet very seldom do they link up um and there's also an issue of ptsd manifesting itself in a negative way for veterans in that where previously they were not abusive the ptsd can create an abusive person right so trying to bring awareness to the veterans community as well um that like i said that been a wonderful thing it's my intention to spread it nationwide because you know go big or go home (laughs) yes um right right i mean if we're spreading love and healing then you know why not um and the other program that i uh had come up with i'm pretty sure other places do very very similar things um but i call it the fresh start program and um we take community donations. So uh, whether it's, you know, money, or in this instance, um, it's household items, and we help survivors furnish their new homes, apartments, wherever they end up, because, you know, state or government funding, they can get housing assistance, heat, you know, all these different kinds of things. But Mm -hmm. what do you put in your place when you left with just nothing right um you know so and we help these people we did a whole entire apartment furnishing um which is available on youtube if people were interested it's sarah speaks up furnishes client home okay. um and it's 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 just i mean and my daughter of course she was in it she was there all day we surprised <laughs> this woman and as part of the video i will never forget this the woman was so overwhelmed because it was a surprise and she tearfully sat down and she said, no one has ever cared for me like this before. Yes. And here she is with her two year old son walking around, not understanding the gravity of the situation. And here's this mom whose life is now forever changed. Mm -hmm. You know, she doesn't have to go home and, be wonder what am I going to sleep on? What, what can I feed him? There's no toilet paper. It's okay. This is <laughs> well. Let us take this off your shoulders. You know. Yeah, it, and and that's um, exactly what it is. It's taking off all of that pressure. I mean, because a lot mm-hmm. of times, like you said, when they leave out of that abusive situation, they're leaving. A lot of them are leaving with just the clothes on their back. Uh, Correct. And so they're having to start all over again. Um, a lot of them with uh, probably no money because the abuser, mm-hmm. you know, withheld the finances from them as well. So Correct. for you guys to do that is phenomenal. And oh, that is just awesome. That is really Thank awesome. You. I love that Thank idea. <laughs> and I definitely want to make sure that I share that video because. And and make sure you guys have tissue because I'm pretty sure you're gonna cry because I'm I'm not oh, yeah. already tearing up and I ain't even seen the video <laughs> yet. And I'm gonna tell you this, and the video doesn't share this information, but to give you a little background, it took me. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> it took me and my board of directors 
one week only, one week to put out the ask only on social media, Facebook, this community came together with so many more donations than we needed, actually. Some of the and and we didn't say any colors of anything. We didn't say, we will take your donation. Mm-hmm. People came through in droves. It was a beautiful thing. Brand new love seat. A friend of mine brought bought a new flat screen TV for the family. And and I'll tell you something. Some of the curtains matched the throw pillows given by two different people from two different places. And again, the same thing happened with the bedroom set matched the mother's uh, comforter and also the babies. Everything matched. Wow. It was like, you know, it was beautiful. The whole place, it looked beautiful. (laughs) And it was all just random people's things that, I mean, you know, and that, so to, to me, whatever, whatever, higher power you believe in and I believe was part of that project (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is awesome yeah I can't wait to see that video um now you have mentioned that you have a book uh what is the name of your book my book is called hiding in plain sight a glimpse into the reality of domestic violence okay Okay. And it's available on Amazon. So you can just hop right on Amazon, look that up and uh, have it in about two days, I think. <laughs> awesome. And what is your website address? Um, the website is sarahspeaksup.org. And you're also on, on social Facebook? media. Yeah. Yep. Facebook. Yep. You're on Facebook. Um, also on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, I should tweet more. I'm not a tweeter. You know what? I'm not a tweeter either. Some kind of way, you know, <laughs> everything that I share on Facebook is connected to Twitter, but I don't, I don't uh-huh. tweet. I just, I don't know. I've never got the concept of tweeting. So yeah, I, we might fall into that time where we're like <laughs> a little persnickety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also you guys, please check out uh, trauma to triumph because Sarah does share her story as well. And you'll get to see her daughter in the video. And it is, it's, it's awesome. And you got, you are really doing a phenomenal job. And I so appreciate you sharing your information about domestic violence, as well as your uh, foundation and everything. Awesome. 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 I really appreciate Thank you. Yes. And I do just want to say for anyone who needs help, I do want to include the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. Yes, go ahead. This is really important, so I'm going to say it slowly, and if you want me to say it again, I will. Mm -hmm. It's 1-800-799-7233. Yes. And I want people to know... If you do need help, please be aware, be very careful. If you're looking things up on your phone or your computer, those are things that can be traced by your abuser. So use a phone at work, a friend, whoever. Don't do it on your own computer. The, if, you're, if you're in a panic mode, you don't think of these things, but just as a tip, if you need help, please ask someone and, you know, a doctor, a friend, a pastor, 
people are out there ready and willing to help and listen. And, and, you know, if, if you don't know how to help someone, please find someone who does know, because when that person reaches out, that could be their one time. That could be the one time that they finally leave. So, so yeah, absolutely. Would you like me to say the number one more time? Yes, please do. Please do. Okay. Okay. This is the national domestic violence hotline in the United States. That's 1-800-799-7233. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please write that number down. Share it with your loved ones. If you know Mm -hmm. of anyone that is suffering from domestic violence, if you see the signs and wonders, definitely give that number a call. They will give you information on how to help your friend. Even if your Mm -hmm. friend is not wanting to call Call them anyway. Call for them so that you can get that information to share with them. There are lots of resources that they provide for you. And Mm -hmm. guys, there is a lot of help out there. I really appreciate you, Sarah, for taking time out of your schedule to be on Wove Inspiration today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really, this is a blessing. You are very welcome. Make sure you guys also go to her website and purchase her book on Amazon. I will be posting the link as well. And so until next time, this is Althea with Wove Inspirations Midweek Motivation. You guys have an awesome day. Hey, you guys, we're almost there. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Midweek Motivation on Wove Inspiration. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you would like to be a guest on the show, email your bio and picture to woveinspiration at gmail.com. If you would like to continue the conversation, make a comment, or you have any questions, you can share them on Wove Inspiration's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. This is your host, Althea Richardson. You're almost there. Keep moving forward.